Good evening. Welcome to Pigeon Post, the evening edition. Uh, this Pigeon Post is brought to you by Google Photos, which likes to destroy me by making these little videos. I don't know if you've had this happen, but Google Photos will go through and find videos of your kids over the past couple years and it somehow picks the perfect little clips. <laughs> it's just, uh, I don't know what it is, but uh, Google Photos knows um, how to pick these clips and put them together and make this little movie and it puts this really emotional music. Um, I can hear it in my head right now. Um, right behind these clips. So I'll be watching my daughter. And, uh, you know, we've had a hard year and a lot has happened. And I'm watching these clips and it's just creating this really emotional moment. And uh, it makes me think of a conversation I had with someone um, he was just just an acquaintance um, and I asked him what he thought life was all about and he said that life was just about as best as he could see life was about making good memories or as many good memories as possible and I think that's a good answer in some regards that's it's not a bad answer right uh, we make, if we're making good memories, that means that we're, you know, trying to make others happy and love others. And, um, you know, who wouldn't want their kids to say that about them, that my dad or my mom made good memories with me. Um, but I also thought that there was something a little bit tragic about his answer. Um, for one thing, this gentleman, by, by his own words, you know, as I was talking to him, he didn't really know if there was a God. Maybe there was, maybe there wasn't. Um, he wasn't sure. And uh, so, you know, that tells me, well, this person's not, not a believer. And uh, what happens to that person as they age? Uh, what happens to their memories. Well, it seems like a very common thing when you get old is that you start losing your memory. So now you're making memories. Those are the things that you find the most precious. You're making those memories and that is the goal or point of your life to make good memories. And as you get older, you're losing your memory. And then eventually, of course, we die. And then what, where does our memory go? What happens to those good memories? Well, I think you could say that it carries on in some sense. It carries on in the people that you loved or made the good memories with. Um, you know, we all like to reminisce about the good times, right? The good old days. And it, when you're investing yourself in someone's life and 
loving your kids and loving your family, you're gonna have you're you're creating good old days and you're creating good memories that you'll look back on and you know cherish to some degree. Um, but what happens to those memories? They they live on in the people that that are still living, but then those people die. Now this memory, let's just take me for example. It's this these memories that I've made with my daughter. When when I die, she will have those memories. Now when she dies, her children, if she has children, will probably have some connection to those memories, but not the same connection. And honestly, in three or four generations, nobody will have those memories. Now, in our media age, you know, our, I'm sure our children's children's children, and so on, will be able to watch those memories, so to speak. But it won't be the same. Furthermore, what happens when we die? Do we take those memories with us? I don't know, these are big questions. But I think they're also very practical questions. Because here's what I see, um, just in my own family. I see us making memories. And I think the only way to make those memories last is to make them in Christ. Now, when I say that, I don't mean that every thing that we do has to be religious or explicitly um, acknowledge Jesus. Um, for instance, you know, we can look back on a good meal and say, that was a good meal, that meal was delicious. And maybe we don't remember what the prayer was that we prayed before the meal, or maybe we forgot to pray. I don't think it's a sin to not pray over your meal. Um, but I think it's a great practice. But does that mean that everything that we do is has to be turned into a religious exercise? So that we almost artificially make our lives about God in every single way? I don't think that's it. I think that what it means is that we are sharing in the gospel together and that we are looking for ways to glorify God and what's happening. When Emma looks back on the kind of dad I am, she's going to see two different things, right? When Ezra looks back on the kind of dad I am, he's going to see two different things. They're going to see a dad who was a lot like Jesus by God's grace, hopefully. <laughs> and they're also going to see a dad that was a pathetic sinner. They're going to see two possibly contradictory looking things, depending on what memory they remember. You know, they might remember, hey, dad got, you know, upset when I spilled water on the floor, you know, because I was goofing off or whatever. Um, we all, as parents, have failures, right? Now, let's zoom out from that a little bit. We look back on the life of someone 
who both shows us what Jesus looks like or what Jesus acts like or the love of God is manifest in their life and the fruit of the Spirit is there. We can see their love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. We can also see their failings. We can see times where they look like Adam and Eve taking the fruit. We can see times where they look like David in the Psalms begging for forgiveness from God for something horrible that happened. You know, when we look back on anyone's life, there's sin and there's fruit if they're in Christ. There's both of those things. When we zoom out, how do we redeem that? How do we redeem that knowledge that a person was both sinful and that they showed the fruit of the Spirit? Well, I think that's kind of a complicated question, but let's give it a shot. First of all, I hope that Emma will know the gospel because that's my biggest goal for Emma and Ezra is to know the gospel. So I hope my kids will look back and say, man, there were some things that dad did that were wrong. I remember that time he lied or that time that he, um, you know, said that rude thing to mommy or what have you. But then I do remember that dad repented I do remember that Dad said he was sorry, and Dad told us that verse, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I hope my kids say, I do, I did see changes in my dad. I did see times when he would be down or depressed, but that he would put his hope in God, and then he would sing it to us. Put your hope in God, I will yet give thanks to Him, my help, my God. I remember times when Dad would quote scripture to us when things were hard. In my trouble I cried to the Lord, and He answered me. In my trouble I cried to the Lord, and He answered me. See, I think this is one way that we can redeem time. Uh, this phrase, redeeming time, comes from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17, I believe, where it says that we redeem the time because the days are evil. It also makes me think of Ecclesiastes 12.1, which says, remember your creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come are the, um, I can't remember exactly what it says, the years in which you say, I take no pleasure in them. When you start losing your good memories, or when you're heading towards death and you can't hold on to the things that you thought were so dear, were those things in Christ? Were they, in that moment when you had the joy of your children, was your heart thankful to God? And did you at certain times just burst forth in song? Did you explicitly glorify your maker? Because those are the times that are gonna be redeemed. Those are the memories that are gonna have eternal 
significance when we stand before the Lord and he rewards us that reward is for things that are done in Christ by faith things that God has worked in our life and I believe that we'll spend eternity glorifying God for who he is and what he has done and reliving the glorifying of God that we did when we were here those those things those times when we praise God those have eternal significance if I'm having a hard day and I just turn to comforts of this world or I despair it's okay to despair David despaired in the Psalms there's a model for that I need to turn to Christ and let him take that despair and make gold out of it and that gold will last for eternity I'm thinking about these things mainly because I want to see in our immediate family in our extended family in the friends that we have even in old friends that we don't talk to much anymore acquaintances people at work especially people that say that they're believers brothers and sisters if we're brothers and sisters we need to commune we need to eat the same bread and drink the same drink that's Christ you know that thing that we do at church it's not really the body literally the flesh of Christ and it's not what we drink is not literally drinking his blood it's a picture of what we're supposed to do the whole week. You know, when I think of communion or the Lord's Supper, it's so natural in Scripture. Everyone's sitting around the table, and at some point, you can imagine someone picks up the bread and says, The body of Christ! And everybody eats a piece and remembers, like Jesus said, This do in remembrance of me. And someone picks up the wine or the whatever they were drinking and says, the blood of Christ. And everyone drinks in remembrance of Christ. See, Jesus, I believe he came not to make this really strange ritual that we all have to do in order to go to heaven. Uh, you know, you have to eat this wafer and, you know, if you drop a crumb on the floor, that's Jesus' body, you better pick up the crumb. I don't think that's what it was all about. It doesn't seem to be about that in Scripture. What it's about is Jesus, we're remembering him even in our meal, you know? Even in, you know, the things that we eat, the things that we drink. Like God has put his stamp on our lives as Christians so that everything we do, whether we eat or whether we drink or whatever we do, the Bible says, that we do it for the glory of God. This is my encouragement to us. Let's have conversations about Christ. 
let's redeem the time and remember our Creator. If we just make good memories, even the pagans do that. Even this man who didn't believe in God, really, he's making good memories with his children. In a sense, that's great. But in another sense, it doesn't have eternal significance if it's not in Christ. Now I pray that this man turns to Christ and that his memories would be redeemed. But if you're a believer, I want you to consider this with me. You've probably got some great memories with some people who you know are not in heaven right now. Or maybe you're not, in sh you're not sure. Wouldn't it have been better to have conversations about Christ with that person and at least know that the time that you spent with them as far as you can help it was redeemed a life lived apart from Christ is an eternal waste a person that lives their life entirely apart from Christ and never repents and believes the gospel will not go to be with God. They will go to hell because of their sin, not because they didn't do enough religious stuff. Please don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying you have to do religious stuff to go to heaven. I'm saying you have to believe the gospel. And for those of us that do believe the gospel, let's redeem our time. Let's redeem our conversations. You know, I think that there can be an impasse in some relationships and I'll speak personally I know that there's an impasse in many of my relationships and I'm not going to um, try to cast myself as being innocent in these things sometimes when I've talked to people about God I've been abrasive Sometimes when I've tried to have these conversations, they haven't gone well and it's been my fault. But I want to change that. I want to find ways to talk about Christ. We all believe those that, you know, think about the people in your life that claim to be believers. You all celebrate Christmas together, you all celebrate Easter together. How often does somebody stand up at Christmas and say something about Jesus for more than five minutes? You know, how often do we pick up, you know, the Hawaiian roll that we're eating at Christmas or whatever, the French bread with butter that you're eating at Christmas or whatever you're eating? How often do you pick it up and say, this is like the body of Christ. We can all eat this and know that we're sharing something of eternal significance, even in what we eat. I think those would be great conversations to have. I think those would help us redeem our time. So I guess in the last... 10 minutes or so I have here of drive. I'd like to just get specific about some things. 
and these are hard things to talk about. But, and these are probably things that have, because uh, they've been talked about, and maybe sometimes talked about wrongly, even on my end, um, have caused a wall to be put up in some relationships. So, what, what should we do there? If there's a wall between you and another believer, should we just let the wall stay there? Is that what Christ calls us to do? Or should we try to reconcile and try to do rightly what we did wrongly the first time? And so, this is kind of an attempt at that. And uh, I have no idea like who might listen to this. So, um, but even if nobody listens to it, um, nobody who I'm, I'm thinking of here, maybe it'll help you, um, even if you're just, you know, even if I don't know you at all and you're just listening to this podcast, maybe this will help, um, will help you in some way as well. So here's the deal. If we start talking about the gospel, there's going to be disagreement. There's going to be disagreement on lots of fronts. Unfortunately, this is the way the church is right now. There are Catholics, there are Orthodox, and there are many different kinds of Protestants. And unfortunately in America, the Protestants are infected with false teaching from prosperity teachers, uh, from people who teach, you know, that we should be able to claim our healing in Christ and various things like that. How can we start this conversation? Well, we start by talking about the gospel. Let's talk about things that we agree on or should agree on. What is God like? Who is God? Who is Jesus? the Holy Spirit, the Father. Let's talk about the Trinity. And then let's talk about what God does. God shows grace. God sent His Son. Um, God, um, Jesus died on the cross for our sins and rose again physically from the dead. Once we start talking about these things, distinctions will automatically be made and there's nothing we can do about it. If you have a, more, a person in your family that's Mormon, or I had uh, someone who was Jehovah's Witness, um, I don't think they really believe that, but that's what they were raised. And at Christmas, Christmas was at our house one time and, you know, I was sharing that and um, I think there was a little bit of un- uncomfortableness there, sharing about Christmas because there's obvious differences. But when we do share, it helps people because you can see what the differences are and it unifies those people that do believe rightly, right? That do believe that Jesus is God's son, that he physically rose from the dead. Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe that. But does that mean that we shouldn't talk about that? I think we should. I think it would help those people to see what the difference actually is. And 
So there'll be distinctions like that. And you may have people in your family that are a completely different religion. Um, maybe there's people that are claim to be Christian, but they're of a different sexual orientation. Um, those are going to be hard things, but how can we avoid it when it has eternal significance? Now, I'll just share personally in my life that what has been a sticking point is Catholicism and Eastern Orthodoxy. Basically, the older, air quotes, higher ritualistic church models, um, which are, you know, non-Protestant, um, even anti-Protestant in a lot of their things that they say. Now, I'm not attacking or calling out anybody here. Please don't think I'm doing that. What I'm saying is if we start talking about the gospel, we're going to get to the idea that we're saved by faith. Now, when we give our theological shorthand as Protestants, we say we're saved by faith alone, uh, or excuse me, we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, to the glory of God alone, according to Scripture alone. Those words alone get us into big trouble uh, with people who don't believe that. We have an authority issue, right? That it's not just the Bible that has to say something, but this person's church has to say it as well, or it might not be believed by that person. But listen, here's, here's the thing. We need to dig into Scripture together. It is the Word of God. So whether you like the idea of sola scriptura or not, whether you like the words scripture alone, you know that scripture is scripture and that it's understandable. And so we have to dive into it together and see, like, what does it really say? And we have to be honest with each other. We have to say, yeah, that passage looks like it says that. This passage looks like it says this. God's Word never contradicts itself. So how do we resolve this? Is there another passage where it's more clear? Is there another passage where God is clearly trying to communicate this? And so these other passages fit with that passage. Um, we just have to get into the Word together. There's no way around it. Otherwise, one of two things are going to happen. Number one, we're either never going to talk about it. And that would be bad for a couple of reasons. I guess it's not bad if you think that everyone's okay. If you think that everyone who says, I love Jesus, is perfectly fine and there should be no question at all about anything that person believes, they say they love Jesus, fine. If you believe that, I guess there's not a problem and it would be better to not talk about it. But, dear brother and sister, I don't think that's what the Bible teaches. I, I don't think that the New Testament says, just love Jesus, don't worry about anything else in the New Testament, don't worry about why Paul wrote Galatians, or why he wrote Colossians, or why John wrote his Gospel. Don't worry about any of the other hundreds of sentences in the Bible, but just love Jesus. The question immediately comes up, which Jesus? 
Is it the Jesus that paid for all my sins on the cross so that I get to be with him as soon as I die? Or is it the Jesus that's going to send me to purgatory? Right? You know, is this the Jesus who is the one mediator between God and man? Or is this the Jesus who has exalted his mother as a co-mediator and co-redeemer? That's important stuff. That's really important stuff. If we have all these other things that are happening with our Jesus, is he still the same Jesus? I'm not trying to tell you what the answer is. I do think there is an answer. I think it would take a lot more digging and explanation to kind of say something like, you have a different Jesus. I don't think we should say that lightly. Because I think it also depends on what a person personally believes. A person might go to a Catholic church and not believe some things that the Catholic church teaches, right? Um, but those are important questions, and I don't want to try to answer them here. I just wanted to give enough example to say we have to think about these things because eternity depends on it. And even if we all meet some base level of requirement or we're all saved, however you want to say it, even if we're all going to heaven eventually, no matter how much purgatory we have to go through, or um, no matter how outside of the church and schismatic we are, if we're all eventually going to go to heaven because we love Jesus, I don't see that as the New Testament pattern. I don't see in the New Testament where Christians should never talk about Jesus because they all love Jesus. I see the opposite. Ephesians 5 says that we should encourage one another more as the day draws near. I think that's from that passage. passage. But I know it says um, uh, to redeem the time and to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and to walk, you know, as children of the light. We should be doing those things together. We should be digging in and growing because don't we want to see each other grow? Do we want to just see each other check off a box that says, I love Jesus, and now we have to restrict our conversation to only talking about practical things and these really base level things that we agree on so that we can never say, hey, you know, I'm going directly to be with Jesus when I die. Do you believe that? Hey, you can go directly to God with your prayer. You don't have to go through Mary. Or hey, you know, the Holy Spirit is what gives you grace and what helps you, not these other things. It's about all I've got. I can't be exhaustive. <clears throat> After all, we are trying to redeem the time. So, um, I guess I'll just say that if there's anyone in your life that you think um, would respond well to starting a conversation about Christ, talking about the gospel, 
I just want to encourage you to try to build as much as that as as is possible. You know, before you try to, you know, scale the mountain of your um, your um, I don't know, Catholic uncle or whatever who doesn't like to talk about it. <laughs> Maybe try to build with thing with things and people that uh, you think might be receptive. I don't know. That's kind of what I'm trying to do. I have friends who I... I might not shed literal tears, but I feel like I should. Over, over them um, just becoming different people and not wanting to talk about it anymore or shutting me down um, or just not responding. <clears throat> These things have eternal significance. They affect our marriages. They affect our kids. They affect everything about us. Let's encourage one another more and more as the day draws near. Let's redeem the time for the days are evil. Let's remember our Creator in the days of our youth so that those good memories that we're making have a weight of glory and they will shine like gold on the last day. I love you. Thank you for listening. Have a good evening.